Tonight on Brilliant Observations, how many hours does it take to make a good friend? What's cooking, Amy? And Melissa's Mitzvah Moment. All this and more. Okay. Hi, Amy. How are you doing tonight? Oh, hello, 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 my love. It's been too long since I've seen you. Has it? It has. has. it been too long? <laughs> has it been too Amy and I, as you know from our last mini drop, uh, spent, I think, four day, almost four days together in a hotel room and in a hotel at She Podcast Live, as you know from our, our last I want to say bonus episode, but I don't think anybody's enriched by that bonus. Oh, so stop. it was a whole lot of loving. And what you may not know or realize is that as we record this, most times we're actually in two different states. So even though we are longtime besties, uh, first time co-hosts on the show, it feels <laughs> like with every recording episode, we don't get to see each other all that often. We try to create opportunities for this to happen. And the same would be true of some other friendly faces at She Podcast. So heading all the way down to Atlanta for this junket little jaunt was not only crazy satisfying for all of that social connectivity, but it was also kind of rocking. So the aforementioned bonus episode is something that happened. We were able to record live courtesy of Buzzsprout, one of the many friendly sponsors who had an entire booth set up. And as long as you signed up in time, you were able to record an episode live and they would help you get it on the air. And help you is the operative word here because we walked out with a thumb drive and no editor. Yeah, no help. And no help. <laughs> no help. But that's okay. Um, I do wanna I do wanna go right in and say what we talked about. So Amy and I are friends from I don't know, twenty years, right? We're looking at the twenty year mark. It started with the cooling of the earth. Right. And the, the dinosaurs. No. Um and what we want what we talked about and what has come into our lives is the concept of friendship. Um, I read a couple of articles that say having friends in your life prolongs your life. It it aids in your lifespan. And I think that's incredible to be able to market it down to or narrow it down to what it is that makes people live longer. I knew for men in their 40s and 50s, friendships are what make you live longer. I've read it a thousand times, the studies that they've done. But for women as well, in their 20s, I think it's just quality. Low jobs. Oh my God. It's quantity and 30s and 40s. It's like the quality of your friendships. I see. So having a friend like Jessica, like Amy, um, like Lisa, who came to visit us while we were there, was, I mean, these people in your life are extending your life. So if you're miserable and want to die, stay home alone because getting out there and being with people and sharing stories and having friends is like medicine. That's a pro tip. So if you are feeling miserable, you tough shit. It's your fault and make it worse. <laughs> Get out there. Make it worse. Get out there. Here's news for you, shut-ins. You're fucked. <laughs> You're going to die alone and any day now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the uh, it's funny that you should bring this up. I was actually listening to another podcast. Dare I say I was listening to another podcast, The Shame, The Horror, Cheating on Us. It was fascinating because it was dealing with how to be a better dot, dot, dot. The whole podcast is about improvement and they were focusing on conversation and how to really connect with people and lots of the research that they were digging deep into is that millennials as a group 
are the loneliest ever. And it is also tied to the increase in texting because the interaction, the physiological interaction that you get, the lift, the benefit that you get in talking to another human and listening to another human is unlike anything else, even to the fact that when you do the same thing, when you have the identical communication in a text or in the written form, you get nothing. You get zilcho. So yeah, if you are a shut-in and you're just texting, you know, we'll, we'll see you later because you're going to bite it really soon. The idea is to get out and talk to other people, listen to other people, interact. It's combating loneliness is no joke. So friendships, the study I read said 40 to 60 hours to make a casual friend. Jesus. I'm right? sorry. Who's got time for that shit? Like 40 <laughs> to 60 hours. Then the next level to become a friend friend. And I think you know what I'm talking about when I say friend friend. Um, there's casual friend on this scale, friend friend. That is 80 to 100 hours. Mm-hmm. Right? So then is the 200 hours or more to become a close friend. Why is it that friend friend feels perverted to me? Close friend feels like a wonderful thing. Casual friend feels like a wonderful thing. Friend friend feels like a bum 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 bum. Well, you you did the porn track to that in the background. That was all you're doing. So I'm just a I'm just a pervert then. Got it. Moving on. So number one, do you agree with that hour thing? It's hard to agree outright. I'm I am torn. I automatically agree with statistics because I'm a data nerd and I trust them all. Also, because I know that I can always find a statistic to prove me right. Yeah. So how could you trust them if they say everything? Because there's always one. So the one that I hear that sounds good, I'm like, that's it. And that, oh sounds, that sounds good, right? I'm a writer. We use statistics like popcorn. It's great. It's easy. I love it. So I'm inclined to, I'm hardwired to say, yes, I agree. Having said that, I'm also a, a really quick lover. I, I meet you. I think you're fantastic. You're in. You have, you have broken down all the firewall protection. You're automatically in the close friend zone. And then I frequently stumble around and go, why did I do that? This person is not like I, I jump levels. Oh, a you lot. let them in first. I you let them I, in first and I'm then slowly weed this. them out. Yes. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. My questions for you were, do you agree? And second was, do you think social media, all of the socials are really skewing this? study to say, well, h- how are those people who are only texting? I don't want to use the the millennial word, but if they're <laughs> only texting and they're not having in person, how are those even friendships? If your life is a, a center, a meme of a cat scratching his balls, like how is that? Well, that's the basis for most friendships. Let's just cut to it. Cat memes and ball scratching, they're way up there. But I will say this, the thing that I was referencing really had to do with connecting in-person I, even though they didn't harp on this face to face, it was really about you can see the mannerisms, you can see the body moving, you can watch the expression on the face change, you can hear all of these cues go into communication, which is what she was saying gives you a physiological lift. In terms of friendship, I throw that shit out the window because there is this cover of darkness, anonymity, you're just like me, I'm right there with you sort of confession telling, truth telling that you can do when you're scratching your cat's balls and you want everyone to know about it except the people who don't like cats or balls. So I feel like there is a level of not artificial closeness, but sort of sort of alternate closeness that you develop. How many times have you seen people saying, I am so close with people that I've never met online, closer even than people that I actually know and vice versa because there are things that I can share there 
where there's a complete little community, a complete, a quasi kind of friendship, I guess. I would never say that social friendships would ever replace anything in, in real life. But I mean, it's, it's better than being friends with a TV character, right? I mean, it is at least a human, you would hope, typing this I'm su- out. I'm super tight with the uh, Big Bang Theory cast, so back <laughs> off. But, but besides them, I mean, yes, there's the aspect of you can volunteer more and say deeper things because there is no um, judgment of feedback face-to-face. So it's easier to have a – I don't want to say it's easier to have a relationship, but many relationships. That's the whole basis for the TV show Catfish. These people develop – this super intense online or on phone even relationships, texting and face, not FaceTiming. Nobody sees each other's faces and they represent themselves one way. And finally, you're looking at me like you've never heard of Catfish. I, because I haven't. I live in a, <gasps> in a I don't Amy, know what this is. My whole only... family loves Catfish. <laughs> Do you know what to Catfish someone means? I, I learned it from your podcast several years ago when you actually described it's when you fake when you lie about yourself online like a bottom feeder to hook and lure someone with your falseness and lies yes but the but you can have a relationship the way you described it being an intense this is my real person but i am 600 pounds and i don't think that this person with whom i'm speaking or texting or memeing would love me for the person that they've gotten to. I want you to get to know me first. I'm going to send you fake pictures that I find on the internet and you're going to think you're talking to this model. This It's just, it's a total lie. And then when the people see, because they contact this TV show, Catfish, there are a thousand seasons of it. There are hundreds and hundreds of what? people who have done this. It's fascinating. But isn't it sick and sad? But basically what you're saying, yes. this is this is cosplay, but with words. So the idea is you're just going to pretend years. that you're something else. Amy, years. People have relationships for years no. on on phone, text, and, and somebody lost a, a parent and they meet somebody online in a group and they say, I know exactly how you feel. They share their deepest, darkest secrets. Both of them, they're as tight as any two humans can be. But one of them usually has never seen the other. What? Or they've misrepresented, physically usually misrepresent themselves. Here's my favorite. Here's my favorite. I am in love with my best friend, same gender. I am going to represent myself as a male <gasps> because I know all of the things that this human, my best friend, is, does, wants. I know all of her secrets and, and desires. And I. I can give her what she wants. She just doesn't know that she loves me this way too. It is so wonderfully fucked up. And all of these people are so weird and, and crazy and, and we love it. We, but I get it all. now. What you've given me is the motivation for why someone would be this twisted, demented, sick, waste their time. It's just such an odd thing. The motivation is I can't get what I want any other way. And I sort of missed that piece. So that would motivate somebody to go in there. This is, I'm, there's, this is the only way that I can get what I want. I feel safe. I feel protected or, cause I don't, I can't, I won't believe the actual fact, evidence based, that there are people in the world. <laughs> I won't believe it. You heard my, you heard my theories on data. I, here's the other one. 
I won't believe that there are people in the world who are just dicks for the sake of being a dick. Let's see who we can fuck with today. Let's be the ultimate. Ha ha ha. Isn't this funny? I won't. I can't. Are no. you not on Twitter? Uh, no. I uh, No. I am. But and I have a thousand followers, but I'm not. Uh, they're not. I'm not. They're all nice people. Right now. Oh my God, Twitter is the bottom feeder. The, their people's sole purpose is to, who who can I fuck with today? <laughs> it's a hobby for people. But this catfish, I do really think they're, I mean, some of them are doing it to punish other people, which is sick fuck. But I think most of them are doing it out of lack of self-worth or love or, I mean, You'd think it's a very emotional, I need tons of therapy kind of reason, but some people do it just to be shitty. I don't like shitty people. So on that friendship scale, (laughs) I'm curious to know how you feel about, you know, the whole concept of love at first sight. Yes. What about best friend at first sight? Like I have, I have a friend, my friend Dulcie, I love her. I, I don't have 40 to 60 to 80 to 100. I don't have 200 hours in. But she's she's in the category of we're kindred spirits. Tell me everything and hug me right now. Like she's she made it to that's favorite. What, that's what status. I'm saying. You're a level jumper, or that study is flawed, and we just need a new study. So do you see what I'm saying? It's because it, sometimes you can have this kismet, and and yes, you're the one. And then you spend a whole lot of time going, did I just really, did I make a disastrous mis- miscalculation? But no, six months later, you're still the one because I got my 2,000 hours in. It's like your so steps this, on your Fitbit. So this, stu- you know, something funny. Well, I'll tell you in a minute. Um, so the study could be right, meaning I made you an instant best friend and then t- that's 40 to 60 to 200 hours pass. And I think, <laughs> boy, was I wrong. And then you get the boot again. Uh, All right, Dulcie. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you your 200 hours, and if you don't make it, you'll you'll know. Jokes on me. Jokes on me. All right, that was that was my whole thoughts on friendship. Do you know that when we were in a hotel room together, we were getting ready to go out, and I I was in the bathroom, maybe putting makeup on or finding my face or oh. covering something I don't want seen, oh, no. and Amy said to me, "What are you doing?" You always look the same. I did. Well, oh yeah. You, you well, did. I mean, you do. But what, what? Yeah. What? What? What does that mean, Aim? What? What could I possibly mean? You start out at Charlize Theron and then get better somehow. What are you doing in the fucking bathroom? I'm in there for hours and I have to listen to you complaining, and I still come out looking like I've been standing in a windstorm, holding an umbrella in my own face. It doesn't work. I don't get it. It's not fair. You always look the same. What? That's a good thing. How is that a bad thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. Thing? It was a it was a unexpected response because no, no matter how much time I spend trying to fix flaws I see, I, to, to outsiders, you always look the same. What flaws are you going for? How many micros, microscopes? What are they called? Are they microscopes? The what are the ones you hold zit? in your hand? What are the ones you hold in your hand? Is that a microscope? That's no, not, it's, it's not a, a magnifying mic- glass. That's, the, that's because it's not a microscope. I knew it. See? Worms are not our worms are not our friend. How did we wind up on a podcast if worms are not our friend? That's how you're in the bathroom. It's because you got your thesaurus and dictionary in there, getting all your big brain on. Okay, dear listeners, I have to tell you, we are revamping this podcast a bit by adding segments. The first segment, which we're catching up on, was called anything you want to call it or <laughs> what's what's new and catch up. And uh, I have. 
enlisted Amy to do some jingles for us, which she has not done yet. You're right. Um, But our next segment is called, Hey, Amy, Uh what's what's cooking? Uh Uh-oh. What's cooking? what the audience, what our dear listener knows is that Melissa doesn't really cook. I'll prepare, I'll put together, but I don't really cook. And what you they don't know is that you do. I do. And no, this is not a cooking show, but Amy is going to share a segment called, Hey, Amy, what's cooking? So dear listener, if you have like a, a recipe you need or something you're looking for in, you know, five minutes or less, Amy is going to share with us how how to make something, how something makes her feel, whether it's a meal or a, or a side dish. That's my nickname, side dish. <laughs> I love uh, it. So, hey, Amy, what's cooking? Well, Melissa, as you know, it's fall, which means the temperatures are getting cooler, which is a super joke. We just went down to Atlanta, and it was a billion degrees like standing on the sun everywhere, except for all the rooms that we were in, in the in the hotel conference facility. So you walk around shivering, 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 and then you get back to the room, and you're hot, 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 and the weather outside, it was all crazy cockamamie. So coming home from that, feeling excited, exhilarated, exhausted all at once, and then Walking out into the backyard of the house, the temperature has started to cool off a little bit. Everything is starting to get a little bit crisp. The colors are changing. It even feels quieter. All the things are happening. We've got tons and tons of woods behind the house. And I just said to myself, self, I'm going to make you some mushroom bisque Mm. because that is fall in a bowl. And if that's the only kind of bowl you can get in the fall, it's worth it. I have some states where you could go to get another bowl. I'm just here to tell you. Well, and I'm not, I'm not really a soup maker, right? My longstanding dream is that I will stand in the kitchen supply store and finally decide that I am worthy of a stick blender. You probably have a stick blender. Do you not? Are you fucking kidding me? Do you have a stick blender? A stick blender? I only know what that is because my sister-in-law made us a minestrone soup that was to die for. When my daughter said, I don't eat beans, she, she took out the stick up. blender and made the best soup we've ever had. Now you're eating beans, baby. Bring <laughs> she it. didn't even know it, but yeah. Shit. The stick blender, I'm of a certain age where that was the gift that you got whether you wanted it or not. The stick blender was all the rage. Everybody got it. And I thought to myself, but I have a blender. I have a whisk. What am I ever going to do with, I don't need another tool. I, I need, you know, to limit the things that I have, blah, 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 blah. But I've and they're like $12. They're not. They're To get a proper one, they're probably like, I don't know, 60 bucks. And it's between 12 and $60, I'm saying it's not unattainable. And yet I have, I have withheld this privilege from myself for my entire life. So I was thinking, you know, maybe this is the year to break down into the stick blender. But until that happens, mushroom bisque is so easy, basic and easy that you can do it. And it's also one of those things where you can tart this bitch up and you will act like you have gone to French cooking school. So we will start with something very, very simple. Do you have a pot? I have a pot. Great. Do you have a knife? I have several. You're set. That's it. You don't need anything else. You put All the right, knife so that's always in my the complaint pot. that I don't have tool. Ew, that I don't have tools. I don't have the right tools. But okay, so I have those two tools. Right. So basically a mushroom bisque, when you've had it in a restaurant, when you've had it anywhere that you've really enjoyed it, it's just a creamy, creamy soup that's delicious. It's got all those flavors of fall. And 
all that it is at its heart is sauteed mushrooms that have been either minced really fine with a knife or ideally blended with a stick blender or dumped back into a blender and then processed and do all you can do get as fancy as you want with the damn thing and you add a little bit of cream to it at the end to make it feel that kind of velvety sweet you know deliciousness but in looking at this i thought to myself self is it more about the mushrooms or is it more about the technique because i'm not really a mushroom gal so for me the techniques are that's you know not really the fun part of cooking it trying the new mushrooms would be but i would think for somebody who doesn't cook even trying the act of making a velouté or you know um which making is making what i was waiting for your mother to chime I'm like, in i'm like what making a what a velouté which is really just a french word for a roux mixed with stock and of course now we say a roux <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> a that roux. I actually know, but yes. A roux is uh, you know, a pan gravy, or as you might say in French, a bechamel, which is melted butter that's been cooked in a pan with some flour, and that's how you, you cut it with milk or cream and that thickens the sauce. Thickening. Thickens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you toast all that shiz together, and the difference between just a regular roux and a velouté is instead of doing milk, you put in stock. So think butter and flour cooked together, thicky, 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 thicky. Now you're going to put in some vegetable broth or some beef stock or have a little brandy. Mm, now I'm having it. Ooh. Ooh. And either in another pan or prior or after this, depending on how sloppy you want to get in the kitchen, dice up some mushrooms, throw them in with a little butter, garlic, olive oil, shallots, whatever you have, cook them down, throw them together Add a little bit more liquid to reconstitute, and that's either going to be more stock. That's maybe going to be a little bit more brandy because, hi, have we met? Also, dice a couple more mushrooms, throw them on top. You can finish it with cream. So the velouté is the thing that's going to give it that kind of silky mouthfeel. And if you really want to go crazy, you can actually whisk together some egg yolks and cream and put that in at the end really, really thin. And that's going to make the thing like thick and creamy, and you put it in your mouth. And it's got that flavor where you you – lick it off the spoon and it leaves like a little thick line on the spoon because it's so, it's like, it's almost the consistency. It's a weird comparison. The consistency of ice cream before it's melted or after it's melted, it's like super thick. It's got those trails. It's delicious. Right, now I'm officially starving. <laughs> I didn't even talk to you about the mushrooms. So, but you mentioned the mushrooms and stick blending them. So that's for the mushroom flavor, but I thought mushroom bisque would have mushrooms in it. It does. So you would start, that's what I'm saying, you saute them. So cut them up small, mince them, dice them, get them small enough that they can go into a pan and saute them with butter and a little garlic, maybe some onion, some oil, something like this. And the mushrooms that you choose are going to really dictate the flavor. I have never, that's why I'm saying that's the fun for me. There's chanterelles, which are these gold they look like Willy Wonka umbrellas. So they've got like a big, long white base and a giant golden yellow, weird little frilly flat top. They're just gorgeous. Do you cut that base off? Do you, what part of the mushroom? I'm used to pulling that stem off, tossing it and chopping up the top. Is that how that works? You can do it like that. But with these fancy ass mushrooms, all you really have to do is dice that bitch hole and throw it in. It's going to be delicious. And you save one or two of these super fancy ones for the top. So you can slice it like right lengthwise so that Pretty. you get sort of like a side of the mushroom to plop on the top of the damn thing. Like to the make it pretty. Like the crouton on your French soup. Hey, so I happen to live in Pennsylvania, super close to the mushroom capital of the world. Ba, ba, ba. 
Uh, Kennet is known for, Kennet PA is known for their mushrooms. Are they known just in Pennsylvania for their mushrooms? Or is it really true what they say that they're the mushroom capital of the world? Fun fact, Melissa, your mushrooms are actually labeled Kennet Square Mushrooms Shut up. all the way down here in North Kakalaki. Shut up. They ha- and they charge more for them. <laughs> oh, my God. These little They're- bastards. We Yeah, we get shiitake mushroom- mushrooms, porcini, oyster mushrooms, all these really fancy-ass mushrooms, and then there's good old you know, bullshit button mushrooms in a thing. And they're like, Kennet Square, Pennsylvania with like the little dopey artisanal, somebody's cleaned off the label. So it's not covered with mushroom Duke. Cause that's the best way to get them to grow. And you know, and this is the little, um, carbon, uh, carbon, the little carton is there, the craft paper carton instead of the, the regular plastic with the cellophane all over it. They just nice it up. Can Charge I ask an extra you- two bucks. So we're talking about mushrooms, which I've really never done before in this fashion. Other mushrooms, I've had many conversations about the the magical ones that make you feel silly. Yes. But here, how do you wash a fucking mushroom? They are filthy by nature. And can you ever get all the dirt off of them? And how much dirt still on them is acceptable to eat and with which to cook? Right. The truth of the matter is that the proper method for cleaning a mushroom is laborious and not necessary for the home cook. The proper method method is to take a damp kitchen towel and to painstakingly wipe each mushroom free of its growing medium, otherwise known as manure, which is shit. They're absolutely grown that way. What we all know And the reason that you do this is because once you submerge them in any kind of a liquid, they're going to take on extra moisture and it's going to alter the consistency. It's going to alter the texture and to some degree, the flavor. So you really have to be careful. But I don't know if you're a fan of Alton Brown on the Food Network, but he is the expert that I'm turning to in this case. He actually, he's one of these kitchen nerds where he's more about devising the test. Who are those guys? Mythbusters? He's Mythbusters for the kitchen, right? So he went to the trouble of, we're going to scientifically figure out, and he, you know, zoop, he went through the process of cleaning them the traditional way. And then he took them and doused them in water for five minutes, soaking them, and then put them in water for 30 seconds. He ran all these tests. And the reality is, Yes, they absolutely absorb water, and it is so negligible that unless you are Paul Prudhomme or who the fuck else knows, get over it and wash the fuckers. Run them under the tap and be done. Stick them in a strainer. Happy days. Fair enough. And now I want soup. And I just ate dinner, so suck it. I think there's another meal in this for me. I'm just here to – I know you're done talking about this, but the reality is it's it's 15 minutes. Dice up mushrooms, put them in with a little bit of butter, heat up something that's going to thicken it up, put it all together, and I don't even bother putting it back in the damn blender. Just mix it and it'll be chunky. It won't be the creamiest bisque in your life, but it's something that you made. And I'm here to tell you, I have eaten things that you have made, spare as they are, and they are the most spectacular morsels that any human has ever consumed. You got to get on this cooking thing, gal. You just got too much to offer. It's a tools thing. It's a tools thing. You I am are a, tool. a tool. Yeah, I knew that was coming. I walked right into it. Yes. Um, and that was, hey, Amy, what's cooking? I like it. And now I'm hungry. Um, yeah, so our next segment, dear listener, is called mitzvah minute. Now, what the fuck is that? (laughs) A mitzvah is similar to like a good deed. Amy and I had a conversation of wanting to put more good out in the world. There just isn't enough 
content when it comes to putting good out in the world. Everybody is thrilled to talk about the shitty, the scary, the upsetting. It's the go-to in conversations. And, and for the last four days, she and I were out with people, very positive people, even though some basement dwellers, some, you know, I like to, what were there, 100 introvert pins and 100 extrovert pins. And within seconds, all of the introvert pins were gone and you couldn't see anybody. It was so cute. So at the conference, everybody gets a badge, it gets a lanyard. And then one of the things that Jessica and Elsie, sponsors of this conference, did for everyone was create these kind of personality, like flair back from Office Space movie. So there were a variety of pins that were there. Some said fancy, some said sweet. There was a massive bowl that said introvert and they were gone within a millisecond. And then there was this massive bowl of extrovert and it sat there the whole conference (laughs) yeah so that's that's with whom we're dealing so and even they were sharing good bad ugly whatever we want to put more good into the world so as much as cooking is not my segment and this isn't mine either it's ours to see whoever can we're not competing it's not a competition but who this week put good in the world i wanted to tell you about my hundred grateful so at Recently, the the big two Jewish holidays came and went. We talked about them last week a little bit and the week before, I think. So I learned that you're supposed to be grateful and say 100 gratefuls, we'll call them, every day. Wow. Well, I'm not going to lie. Who the, who the fuck has time for that? For I don't example, take 100 breaths every day. That's a lot. I woke up this morning and it's pouring rain. Okay. I have three dogs to let out who like to wrestle in whatever is outside. Okay. They're going to come back in soaking wet on everything, smelling horribly three wet dogs. I want to start my day with gratefuls. So the alarm goes off and my first grateful is, well, I'm grateful I woke up this morning. Things could have happened differently. So I'm starting. So here's... (laughs) My thought is to make it through 100 gratefuls in the week and not the day because (laughs) I know me and it's kind of like saying, I'm going to exercise for an hour or a day. No, 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 I'm not. I'm absolutely not going to do that. So I'm going to try to stretch it out over the course of a week. I think that's a brilliant. Hey, I think that's a brilliant observation for your mitzvah. Mitzvah month. It's hilarious. A good friend of mine who you actually know, we bonded recently over this very thing. She was trying to exercise more and she said, I need to give myself a reasonable goal. So in her Fitbit, she said, I'm going to exercise one day a month. (laughs) And so we were sitting out drinking and the Fitbit goes, ping, congratulations, you met your goal. So all you have to do is think of one happy gratitude filled thought. What'd you say, a week? You're going to do 100 a week? 100 a week, not 100 a day. That was what's expected, but 100 a week. I think I could get in 100 a week. You can get in 100 in a lunch if you put your head to it, you, but it's, I, they get tired after a bit. It's keeping them, keeping them fresh, keeping them hip. Is there a person who wakes up with gratefuls? Yes. Do you know them? Yes. Are they your friends? <laughs> yes. Yes, a thousand times yes. And I'm sorry to tell you, I'm also one of them. You couldn't tell when we were sharing a hotel room over all the stinking feet and farts and over bathroom time. Not all those three things are not connected. I just spent a lot of time in the bathroom. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I like 
I'm a happy little chappy, I think. Try to be. When I'm not, I actually work to try to be. How about that? So there's, um, I'm grateful that I woke up. I'm grateful for what's around me. I'm grateful I have running water to both flush and use to brush teeth, wash hands, whole nine yards. Have you turned on your heat yet? Yeah. I'm grateful for the heat. Today was the day that we turned on the heat. So I'm grateful for the heat that we had. Um, being in the Northeast, we uh, we probably needed it a little before you. So, but if you're telling me that you have that today's not your first day, maybe it hit you first. Well, my husband likes to do this thing where he controls the thermostat from wherever he is, even though we're here at home suffering through whatever's going on. So it's usually way too hot or way too cold for whatever the ambient temperature ought to be. And I, I overrode him when it was freezing. Oh, I also do nice. this. I also do this thing where I leave the door standing all the way wide open. So the house will, if it's a chilly day and the door shouldn't be open, I kind of ignore that. And so then the house gets frigid cold. And then I think I'll turn the heat on instead of, where'd you close the door? So I'll, I'll get there. I'll connect the dots. Yeah, I think I would uh, get in some serious trouble if I had a door open and heat on and the trouble is of my own making. And I know it's coming. So I think I set myself up for that. I'm grateful that I have Stuart who picks up shit in the backyard in the scale of 40 pounds the other day. Hi, Amy. He is a good shit picker upper. You got to <laughs> give him that. He's I'm, I'm amazed that it's taking you this long to get to the super most obvious one. I don't know where you're going with this. What do Here's, you, what, I, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, let's retrace your steps. Okay, it's dark. <laughs> it's dark. It's the middle of the night. Stuart's either already at work because he's a high flute and round the clock and doctor, or he's snoring like a crazed banshee. You hear the boop, 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 boop. It's raining outside. Your alarm is going off. It's dark. It's cold. You look over and think, I'm grateful for. My three dogs that I have to fucking get up and take outside, just flip it. Whatever the horrible shit is, there's gratitude in it. So you're saying instead of saying I have to, to say my I get to's. Is that what you're saying? I like it. Yeah, but if the whole point is I don't want to deal with these. I get to smell three wet dogs today. I'm so grateful. I get to. I get to get up at six o'clock in the fucking morning again to take care of these shit producers who are going to ruin the inside of my house as well as the whole rest of my life. Yay me. I rescue dogs. Yeah, so I think I I think I told you when I got these two crackheads that the lady at the rescue said, "You guys have such a big yard. What I'm going to do one day is ring your doorbell and just drop another poodle in the backyard." You got to change your name and switch the phones. There is no way that that can happen. This is all she's abused your relationship. She's a catfish. She's a dogfish. <laughs> she's dogfishing you, Melissa. This is a dogfish. It this sounds cannot, like it, doesn't it? I know what it is. And now there's going to be a Netflix series called Dogfish. And it's you're going to be the star. I made her promise not to do that. I told her, absolutely not. Please, please, this is more than I can handle. And you know she's kidding because she works at a rescue and wants to find the right home for every dog. Thinking our home is the right dog place for every dog. It is. So I went to pick Mallory up at work uh, yesterday and she works at my friend's hair place salon and um talking to them she said oh this this lady over here she's a poodle lady too you should talk to her I, she said yes i just rescued a dog did you um 
Yes. She rescued the dog they were going to drop in my backyard from the rescue that was... And there are like hundreds of rescues in our area. Hundreds and hundreds of them. That's a good And story. it happened to be... Yeah, it happened to be the dog that they were going to dump on us. So now I can be grateful that that's not going to happen to me as one of my hundred gratefuls. Do you have gratefuls for today? Me? Yeah. I haven't even given this a single thought. So just, you know... Off the top of my head, I'm grateful for you, Melissa. I'm grateful for the chance to have gotten to go down to Atlanta and support Jess, but not only that, to enjoy Jess and the whole conference. I'm grateful I got to have client interaction today where they just love fawning all over me. That's nice. Grateful that there's money in the car, money in the account, even though there's very little of both in either one of those places. There's, you know, there's enough and that there is a car. I'm sitting here in a house that has heat in it with a dog who likes to come over and unfortunately put his butt on me. But it is very nice that at least he wants to be physically close enough to put his butt on. Like he'll just, he'll flop his whole damn body on me. In the beginning, he didn't want to be around us. And we probably trained him that way. He was so used to sleeping separate and quiet and in his own little space. He wouldn't get in the bed. He wouldn't come near us. He wouldn't snuggle. None of these things. And now he will come and put his paws on your face and his ass on your head. He's a a whore. now Now he's a super whore. So I'm grateful for my whore. I'm grateful to be the little spoon in normally brilliance big spooning. No, she, I can't do. I can't do that shit though. If I get so when there's, I've got to have an exit strategy for the bed. If I'm not on the outside with freedom from the covers, where I can get up at any time, I can't take it. They they get on you. The kids, the dog, the husband, everybody's like, ar, the Let's pillows. Let's talk about that, Amy. I cannot take it. I can't. I won't. I'm not. Nope. Forget it. I'm serious. Let's, let's talk about that, Amy. Oh, Your need for an exit strategy. Yes. What do you think that's indicative? Of what do you think that's indicative? Grammar. Well, I don't, I just, I need to know that I can take care of what needs to be taken care of. talk about it. No, I don't, <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out how deep does, how deep does this go and how long how do you have? How deep is your love? I'm not going to, I hate heights and you know, there's a photo shoot that I'm producing coming up here in a little bit and I have to climb, physically climb a mountain and direct the shoot on something called hanging rock. These, these are not good names for the thing you're going to be perching on. Can I just oh, I say? it's a great name. I oh. saw pictures of it. It's oh. gorgeous. It's horrific. It is, it is breathtaking and beautiful and, and accessible, but, um, a little bit dangerous and I don't relish the idea of having a whole crew up there with me and me being not only responsible, but from an insurance standpoint, liable for everybody up there in any event. So I don't like, I don't like when I go with you to Maine and I see all my happy, wonderful frenzies in Maine and we have to climb up these ridiculous towers and, and dangle over the thing and go, look, fishermen, catch me. I'm in Maine. No, no, I don't. I hate the lighthouse. I hate it. Can't stand oh, that I shit. I love the lighthouse. That's it not was, climbing. I tried to not vomit going up to the top of the Eiffel Tower. Like, I'll do it. I'll do the thing. I'll put myself in harm's way for you experience, but you're a fucker and I'm tired of it. So when it comes time for bedtime, yeah, get out of my way. I need to be able to bolt at any moment. There could be a fire. I could get hot. You don't know what's happening. I've got to get out. I could get hot. It's too much. All right. So that's the bed thing. You need, you need a plan B. Plan A is all the snuggle. When uh, Normie comes and snuggles me from behind, I usually have a way out in front. But it's just weird to me 
that she doesn't want to, you know, that circle dogs do before they lay down, circle, circle. The other dogs do that right in front of you and they they cuddle. She goes behind you and puts her head on the back of your neck and, and cuddles you from behind. It's very sweet, but I think she wants an egress out of there too. I think she wants an escape plan. Either that you or never- depending on her position in the litter, she's uh, used to a little backdoor action. Feels wow. more comfortable. Feels more comfortable in the caboose. I miss when I was younger, growing up. Our little dog was a very tiny dog, a miniature Schnauzer. Oh, they're she adorable. Would, she would come. I would lay face down on the carpet, you know, elbows holding, you know, on the floor, hands holding my head, watching TV, little kid format, and the dog would come and walk up my back and put her head on my head and just and we would sit there and watch TV like that forever. Yeah, my current dog. It's like, I got a TV upstairs. I'll see you later, maybe, if it's dinner time. He just cannot be bothered. So I'll take the ass on my body. That's funny, because when I see you on Marco Polo, he is constantly licking your face and bringing you a stick or a toy or a bone or something to just be in your face. He's like a child that way. As soon as the technology goes on, the telephone, the conversation, the UPS, he could have been anywhere else on the planet, but he's like, hello, I'm here. Hi, hi, hi. It's all for me. Hi, how are you? That's how I describe these two latest rescues. They're toddlers. They cannot be trusted anywhere. (laughs) I went upstairs for seven minutes the other day. I came downstairs. The remote control was on the floor in pieces and the batteries were missing again. And I thought, oh my God. Oh my God. He did it again. Oh my God. He ate batteries. And I started crawling on the floor yelling to Ethan, please come help me. Uh, they have to be here somewhere. He's not that stupid. And then I looked at him dead in the face. He's definitely that stupid. I gave him too much credit. Are they he, are they flavored batteries? He did not eat these batteries. They rolled under the piano and that's where I found them. I was very bothered <laughs> by it. So I'm going to make it a point and I want you to as well. And dear listener, I would like for you to try to be, did your dog just open that door? Yeah. So if you actually caught that on the mic, speak of the dog devil and that you can hear his little tags jingling. Do I've you got, mean devil dog? I've got pocket doors into the studio office where I do the recording. And he, of course, knows it open and said, I'm here. I'm here, gang. He's so fucking cute. <sighs> um, all right. So look out for your gratefuls if you'd like to be uh, kind enough, if you would like to be kind enough to share them with us, you can do that on all the social medias at Listen Brilliant or email us a list of your thankfuls. I would love to hear what they are at brilliantobservations at gmail.com. And if we get a couple of good lists, I'd, I'd love to read them to you as Thanksgiving is on its way. So to start warming up for things for which you are thankful wouldn't suck. Now's oh a good time. Oh my gosh, that's another Gra- I was going to say gratitude moment. That's another grateful for you. Because you t- look how you tied that. Maybe you had planned it. Look how you tied that all together where there's Thanksgiving coming. And now we have mushroom bisque for the adventurous, the culinarily curious. They can actually put mushroom bisque on the menu. Look at you. You're, that would be a you're menu. Like a, you're like a genius. Who aren't French. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fucking genius. Yeah, you're like um, a genius, I think I said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am are. genius adjacent. You are. You are. I would settle for genius adjacent. I did get a letter. I can't find it. I know what the question was, though. I did get a letter for our next segment that we like to call dun, 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 dun. Bad Advice. We'd be happy not to help you. So we have, we are here for you, dear listener, and we want to be of as little use as possible. Right. Even less than we are now. 
That's tough, but we're going to try. <laughs> I might have deleted this letter and I do apologize. I can go through my deleted mail, but I don't want to take your time. I will tell you the, the letter that I received and it said, Dear Amy and Melissa, I have a niece who's, who's in her 30s and she has two kids. Got it. I love my niece and I love her kids. For their birthdays, I give them money so that they can buy whatever they want. Okay. My niece takes the money and puts it in a bank and it doesn't filter down to the children. <gasps> what? So when she discusses with her niece's kids, what did you do with the, let's just throw a number out there, $25 I gave you for your, what did you buy? I want to know that you enjoyed. What did you do? And they said, money? What money? Uh, we didn't buy any. We didn't get any. So she, my friend is looking for advice on how to handle this situation. That is so shitty. <laughs> That's super, a super, super shitty. That's a shitty sister. How does niecing work? No, it's the niece. So it's your, it's your sibling's kid who's assing this Correct. shit up. Fuck you, man. That's the most ridiculous. And I, we didn't get to the point of they're super poor or, you know, it's really, which I'm sure might be mitigating, but it's still a dick move. This is, that's blood money. You're taking from your kids. Well, I'll tell you that sometimes my kids would get cash and they didn't want to spend it right away. So they would give it to us because they would lose it. But then we would sit on Amazon together and they would buy something on my Prime account from Amazon in the ballpark of that number. So that was their way to spend the money that we did pocket, but then spend that money on them. Do you think that's what her niece is thinking? Uh, no, I don't. I think her niece is thinking, I'm buying a pizza for me or I'm paying, <laughs> I'm paying the light bill for me. Or, you know, we're getting manicures for me. That's some, that's some horse shit bullshit right there. It's a double shit. It's ridiculous. It's not as if this is for the good of the kids and there's been a new account established and I just want to save it so that when they do leave the nest, they're going to have an extra $32 to buy a milkshake or it's not, there's no, there's no long-term thinking here. This is just a dick fucking move because the other thing, then you can't win with this crap. I, I, fault. This is the worst bad advice. I fault. The, <laughs> I fault the writer who wrote in because if you're given a money, what the fuck do you expect? I mean, there's one of two things is going to happen. Either the relative is going to be corrupt and abscond with the cash. And then you got an embezzlement situation like we have right here or worse. The child will be trusted with making a financial decision and they'll use the money to buy like a sheepskin mouse pad or some idiotic thing. That, that was is a, idiotic, right? They'll spend like $48 on pet or something that you're thinking, are you out of your fucking mind? I just, I could have gotten you a book so that you could learn how stupid you are. Any of these things. But no, you, it's money is the problem. You can't, you can't give them money. You either have to take them out and do the stupid thing together or send them something they don't want. Those are the best gifts. Send them something they don't want. Write that down, dear listener. That is the best bad Merry advice I've Christmas. ever. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> So my thought initially was you can either – if money is how you have to do this because you gave this no thought whatsoever and you got to the party and all you could think of was money, 
then what you need to do is you need to buy this child a wallet. That's the first gift. Or a, or a lock because the sister or brother that you had had not know how to raise nobody for nothing because look <laughs> at how this horrible niece is behaving. That's just some, that's cold-blooded. Who takes from a child on their birthday? Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh, money for an eight-year-old is a is a terrible gift. It's just a terrible gift. Go on Amazon. See what eight-year-olds want. Like you could send, I hate to agree with you, give them something they don't want, but. They don't want it. Give it to them. That's what it is because they don't want the money either. In truth, they don't. If they want money, it's because they're thinking of something that they do want, right? So the money is only the, the delivery device to make it happen. And that means because the thieving mother is too stingy to get it to begin with, Right. So they have to get this relative money that never shows up. And now I, I, I've lost my train of thought because now the poor gift giver looks like the deadbeat. Did you get that gift I sent you, kids? Pack of smokes, Johnny. Yeah, it's like, come on. You didn't send me shit. Quit lying. Why are you lying? Why are you lying, uncle and aunt? Yeah. Um. No. Is it weird that you asked a child, what did you buy with the money I got you? That's kind of a weird question, too, for that eight-year-old, don't you think? Well... I'm going to give a pass on that one because being one who lives far away from all the other people, when, when anybody, we're not far away people. We're very, very up everybody's ass people. And then my little compact unit moved far away. So it was still new in our family to have people be kind of spread out. So thinking about a birthday in advance when you don't have them over to see you or you're going to see you on Sunday or you were just here two minutes ago, putting something in the mail, thinking about it, going and doing a search, you know, all of that stuff are levels and levels that are added to the mix. And then you're certainly not getting a thank you note. So you have no idea. Did it get lost in the mail? Did it go to, did it go to the, the police academy? Where did it go from this thieving, terrible person who stole it? Oh, I see that this was, you know, ca this check that I sent was cashed at, at the bank of Ghana. Did, is that my, is that my horrible sister who's taking this money from her own kids and running down the street with it so she can get illicit manicures or what? Yeah, I didn't think that you, I would ask. Didn't you only get checks? Didn't you only get checks for years? Didn't relatives send you checks? No, we're Italian. We're casual. We used to get checks. Here, here's even worse. We're Jewish and we got savings bonds. <laughs> those <laughs> have value. You. Those are great. You're, you're very lucky. Good Do you for know you. when those were great? When Stuart and I bought our first house <laughs> and my mother oh. said, wow, it's more than seven years since you got this. It's not only doubled, it's quadrupled. And now you can put this lovely down payment on a house. But at the time when you're a fucking kid and you got a savings bond for your birthday, I hated that relative. Fuck you. That's not useful to me. They didn't say, someday, Melissa, you'll be able to start a down payment for a house with this money because I would have said, I want the Barbie fucking dream house and Thank I you. want it now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, Jews are big on checks, I guess. Uh there's your, and that's always, you always get, there's something like numerology that comes into play, you know, like you gotta, you gotta get the, you gotta get the numbers right. It's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but something with a 12 in it or, or something. 18. Well, okay. Right. That's close. It's in the teens. There's an, there's an important <laughs> 12 there. isn't a teen, but all right. I hear what you're saying. God, again, you so know 18, so much. <laughs> 18 is the lucky number. It's podcast and math. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. 
So any multiple of 18 is supposed to be, but you know what? 36, isn't it just as easy to write a check for $1,800? It's not a multiple, oh. but it's got 18 <laughs> in it. So happy birthday. Yeah, you're eight. Here's $1,800. Don't <laughs> let your mom see it. Because she's going to get a mom. pedicure. <laughs> she's she's going to run away. That's just sad and terrible. And if you're listening, please don't unsubscribe and, and disregard what I'm saying. And tell your friends to download and listen to us as well. Because we're always looking for new subscribers. <laughs> yeah, we would like to expand. And only you, dear listener, can help us do that. And I think that's it for us today. I do want to thank you for still listening. And f- let us know what you think of our semi-new format. We do have other segments that we're going to be bringing in. Should I tease you with what they are? I think you should. All right. So we have your what's new catch up. Hey, Amy, what's cooking? My and Amy's mitzvah minute. Please try to put good in the world. Whether it's you deciding to stay two car lengths away from the car in front of you when (laughs) all you want to do is ride that bumper of the old man who's only you see his hands on the steering wheel and no head because he's so little. I get it. Or maybe just keep it simple, you know, when a family member sends money for your children, feel grateful that you can give your child a gift instead of stealing that gift for yourself. It's a wonderful opportunity to put some good in the world. Stop staring at your chipped fingernails and thinking, oh, thank God you got that money. Finally, (laughs) I can fix my hands. Um, I'd like to start a new segment called It Wasn't Me, basically after the Shaggy song, kind of an Have You Ever And I would love for dear listener to write in with things to go for that too. Let me clarify when you're, yeah, when you're talking about mitzvah minute, when you're talking about all of these things, these are listener participation segments and it doesn't have to be you stealing from your kids. If you want to tell on somebody else that works for bad advice, mitzvah minute is if you've heard of something good, if you found something inspirational, if you are one of the people making the world a better place and somehow you still enjoy listening to us of all things, we would love to hear from you and learn from you. So please share these tales and we will broadcast them to all three listeners worldwide. I don't think that that's an accurate number. Are you doing podcast math again? Usually. it's There's over a hundred of you out there who find joy in our dulcet tones. Um, and f- for you, I am grateful. And for Amy, I am grateful. And for the opportunity to shtick it up with you, I am grateful. I almost hit my quota, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all you have to do is name the majority of listeners by name. And we're there. Once a day. I do want to to tell you that Amy and I are recording this by ourselves. John, I don't want to say John is no longer with us because it sounds like, sounds terrible. Um, But we're, I'm going to give my, give it my hand at editing and see how it goes. So I got to tell you, if you're hearing this, I am grateful. That's right. Dear listener, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.